0: That is launched out to deep left field. Big fly for Mike Trout. This is ground ball to second base. Red Heathel. falls down. Picks it up. Fires the first. The Angels have no hit. The Seattle Mariners. Let's go on.
1: Big fly for Anthony Rendon.
0: Hey guys, I'm Alex Curry.
1: This is Joe Adel here with the Los Angeles Angels. This is Marsh. This is Chris Rodriguez. You're
0: listening to the All Angels Podcast.
1: And welcome to another edition of the All Angels podcast. I am Daniel Garcia, and I am back um, on this November night because the Angels have some news. Not only the Angels have news, but there's been news kind of around the league so far about who's going where, and um, qualifying offers have gone out. People have either accepted them or declined them, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that and that where it kind of leads the Angels right now. But obviously, some of the biggest news that happened um, for the Angels this offseason has obviously been the signing of pitcher Noah Syndergaard, or as some of you guys know him, Thor, uh, from the uh, New York Mets. So coming into this offseason, it has been no secret on the record, off the record, Um Doesn't really matter who you talk to, uh, but it has been absolutely no secret that angels are going after pitching, bullpen help, uh, frontline starters, all that stuff. So with that being said, a lot of um, waiting, a lot of, you know, where's this guy going? What about this guy over here? You know, oh, they're talking to so-and-so. There was a lot of that going on. And i'll kind of get to that whole process uh, a little bit later but um the angels kind of make i think at least in the free agency market probably the biggest splash so far and yes uh justin verlander also signed a, a contract tonight or earlier today with the astros so those two are kind of the biggest news so far when it comes to um free agent signings but Let's kind of get into it first. So Noah Syndergaard, uh, again, a lot of you guys know him from his time. in with the New York Mets, a lot of you guys know him from his time. Just, um, you know, being a really, really good pitcher. Like, truthfully, he's had moments where he has been someone that can um, be a front front line starter, an ace type guy with the Mets. Um, His biggest thing, and it's kind of a... When it comes to the Angels, it's kind of a big thing in general. But I think his biggest thing has been um, health. His biggest thing has been um, staying healthy. And, again, too, if you know anything about what has happened in his past, his recent past, um, he has definitely struggled with that um, the last couple years. So Noah Syndergaard, as I pull up his stuff, um, you know – has had a very, very good, when healthy, uh, career with the Mets to this point. Twenty nine years old. Um, if you don't know the contract details, they've already come out. One year, twenty one million dollars. So, in essence, a prove it deal for Noah, who's coming off of Tommy John. Didn't pitch at all in the twenty twenty season. Which, when you look back at it, it's probably not a bad thing. It being the COVID season, it being a shortened season, him missing 2020 with Tommy John isn't the worst thing in the world by any means. So coming into 2021, and this is where this is where I have concern. And depending on where you go, depending on who you look up, and a lot of people will go on Twitter, and um, in essence, it is kind of an echo chamber. You follow people you agree with. You don't necessarily follow people that you don't agree with, so you don't necessarily get the other side. Or if you do, you get pissed off and you block them or unfollow them or whatever. But for this signing, it is a very high-risk, high-reward because of what's going on with Noah Syndergaard. Again, 2020 doesn't pitch at all uh, coming back from Tommy John surgery. 2021. You know, there was talk about him in spring training with the Mets, and I remember this because he was one of the guys I was really kind of interested in to see how the 21, 21 season was going to go from him because does he come back from Tommy John? Does he come back halfway? Does he come back at all? He was throwing um, very, not aggressively, but probably further along than you would think for a guy coming back from Tommy John in spring training. Part of it was that Mets were, you know, thought to be a contender's, Part of it was that I think he knew that Syndergaard knew that he had to prove something, it being a contract year. So he goes into spring training, throws, and again, I think a little bit more aggressively than maybe he should have, and a great example of that was Chris Sale. Both guys had Tommy John surgeries um, around the same time. Both missed the whole 2020 season. Sale, though, was completely shut down until about mid-season. He comes back, and you saw what he did. Uh, for the for the Red Sox in their run in the postseason, they kind of slow paid it. He kind that was kind of the way that I thought they were going to do it with the Mets with Syndergaard. They didn't. Again, Syndergaard probably had felt a little pressure trying to get on the mound to um, prove that he can get a, a big contract because he does. To that point, he was that kind of a guy. Um, you know, obviously, everyone likes to look at this 2016 season uh, with the Mets. Won 19 games, had an ERA below three, had an ERA. Uh, just around three uh, at three point oh three in two thousand eighteen, and those were the two seasons where he started the most games. Um, obviously, two thousand seventeen was another injury kind of plagued year. Only started set, only played seven games. Uh, two thousand nineteen um, before the Tommy John started thirty two games, but wasn't exactly the year that he expected. Um, but like I mentioned, so coming into twenty twenty one, I was interested to see. Um, how the Mets and Syndergaard, you know, affect his rehab. They started throwing him so early that it scared me, and that's exactly what happened. He tried to get out there, I believe, too soon, and he ended up being shut down pretty much for the whole year except for the very end of the year where he only pitched um, two innings and two separate games. So that kind of scares me before that, the, that not only the Mets, but Syndergaard didn't necessarily take care of what I believe – of that Tommy John surgery correctly. They rushed it. They put him out there. And again, I think it's a mutual thing. I don't think the Mets were completely at fault for this this way. I don't think Syndergaard was completely at fault for trying to get out there. He's trying to make his money, and I completely understand that. But that scares me. That's number one. Number two, looking at his kind of, um, you know, stat line, throwing or uh, uh, his career, like I mentioned, he's only started 30-plus games twice in his career. Uh, he started 25 games in 2018, 2000, uh, 24 games in 2015. But for a team that needs pitching, yes, but also needs sustainable pitching, this is a risk. Again, this is a risk. He hasn't really done anything the last couple of years. Um even when he was healthy, he had a couple great years. You could say great, great years, but there's also that red flag where it wasn't like he was humming along great year, great year, great year, and then Tommy John. It was okay year, great year, injury year, another good year, and then a uh, average, maybe to a below average year. So it wasn't like he was killing it every single year. It wasn't like he was killing it five years in a row and then gets Tommy John. That's number one as my cat sneezes in the background. I don't know if you guys can hear that or not, but he is definitely a upside pick an upside signing, which I think for angels fans, they're looking for something like that. Something where they can say, yeah, but look what he did here. I'm just not real convinced that it's a guarantee. If Noah Syndergaard comes back and is what he, what people think he's going to be, then yes, they have a frontline starter. They have a guy that can carry the rotation. But let's be honest. What a lot of people think he can be, you know, the the, the most optimistic fans think and the most pessimistic, pessimistic fans think, you know, he's going to be injured, he's going to do this, he's not going to be worth it, blah, blah, blah. In reality, he's going to be somewhat in that middle. It's just the way it works. So what is a good enough season for Syndergaard because again it's a one-year deal prove it is starting 25 games good enough is starting does he have to start 30 games to to make it worth it does he need to carry this rotation does he need to be the best pitcher on this rotation or can he be a solid number two a solid number three behind Otani or you know if they sign x player within the next you know couple weeks or before spring training does he need to be a top line starter for this to be worth it? And I think that's the biggest question. Not only is it a one year deal, but because of the fact that he was offered the uh, qualifying offer from the New York Mets, the Mets also now get a compensation pick from the angels in the second round. And before you guys say anything, I know, I know because I remember I'm seeing, I see comments. I, I, I see it all about a second round pick. Shouldn't, shouldn't be the reason you don't sign somebody, which I completely understand. I completely, um, I'm on Instagram live. I hope his contract is incentive based. I do not believe it is. I believe it's a flat 21 million um, for the year guaranteed. So again, what I was saying was I know a second round pick doesn't seem like a lot and it should not. Again, it should not be the reason why you do not signed a guy. I'm not saying that you don't sign it because of the second round pick what I am saying, that second round pick again is a lottery ticket. If and we're in the holiday spirit, it's November, which means Christmas is right around um, the corner. And I don't know about you guys. Sometimes I get I get with family, and you get a card or like one of those white elephant gifts, and it's a stack of scratchers. Are any of those scratchers going to be worth anything? Probably not. But is there a chance that one of them's worth? 15 20 30 bucks yeah it's a possibility but doesn't guarantee anything now imagine me taking one of those away is it gonna matter probably not but could it could it be the one that gets you 50 bucks or 100 bucks yeah it could be and i kind of feel that's what the um the second round pick loss is could it be a bust absolutely could it be um, a great talent in the second round that you pick up and can be um, a frontline player in the and in, in baseball, yeah, it could be. So to lose that chance kind of sucks, especially. And this is where it kind of it kind of like, uh, it's a one year deal. So imagine again, worst case scenario, or even maybe a moderate case scenario. Noah Syndergaard does well. Let's just say he kills it. Let's say he kills it for the Angels. The Angels get to the playoffs, don't win the World Series, but he kills it. Guess what? He's going to want. Um, a bigger contract, a longer contract, and maybe the Angels aren't able to do that because of everything that's coming up with Otani. He's gone, so pretty much you get a playoff run for with Syndergaard, and you lose a second round pick. And again, that second round pick can be anything and everything. If this drafting stuff was a, was a, uh, a a complete science, Mike Trout wouldn't have went 25th overall in 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 the draft. He went. So with that being said, it's not a reason not to sign somebody, but it's also it would be naive for people to think that it doesn't matter because it could very much matter down the line. It's a long play. You kind of hope that your gamble with Syndergaard plays off, and if it does, then it doesn't matter what happens with that second, the second round pick at all. If it, if it if it if it works out. I would be really interested to talk to a Yankee fan or a couple of Yankee fans that the year that they gave up that comp- compensatory pick for signing uh, Mark Teixeira from the Angels, and you guys all know the history or should know the history. That comp pick was Mike Trout. That same year with Teixeira, they won the World Series. They haven't won it since. Now with that pick they would have had if they would have drafted mike trout i I would be really interested to see what yankees fans would say if they said okay we'll give back that world series in 09 we'll take trout we'll draft trout in that pick instead and maybe we win two or three because they haven't won one since if i if, if i'm correct so um or maybe one but they haven't gone into this yankee kind of dynasty thing where we're used to so it, it, it could mean nothing. It could mean everything. And, again, that's just a soul play. But if Noah Syndergaard pays off and he throws, you know, 200 innings and wins 20 games and is a Cy Young finalist, then is it worth it? Absolutely. But it's just really, really hard to see how that is right now, especially with a bunch of risk added to it. The absolute last thing Angel fans want to see is on that Six start of Noah Syndergaard, him grabbing his elbow or him being scratched for quote unquote arm fatigue. So that's going to be something to look out for the whole season. Is it a move that puts the angels in a better position than last year? Yes. With a big question mark, because you don't know the health and this doesn't happen in a vacuum too. And I think that's the, that's, that's another part of it that people have to realize if If Noah Syndergaard happens in a vacuum and the other teams don't get better, then, yeah, the Angels are probably a playoff contender. But, you know, Verlander's going back to um, Houston. We'll see how that goes. Oakland might be trading off some of their best players, but it's Oakland. and We all know Oakland can find a rookie or two rookies or, you know, a guy off the scrap heap, turn him into a a really good player, and they can do it that way. Um, Seattle's going to be, you know – hard again they were super young and did really well this year Uh, rumors has it that Texas is going to go out and spend a shitload of money and one of those shortstops is going to be in Texas maybe even Kershaw or, or, or a pitcher or two I want to talk about Spotify Greenroom Spotify Greenroom is a live audio only sports talk platform which is free to download and free to use you can talk to other fans athletes and insiders in real time Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app free in the iOS or Android app store. Create a profile, link it to your Twitter, and join. That's it. It's that easy. So go ahead and check out Spotify Greenroom. This NAL West is definitely going to get better. Does this Syndergaard signing put the Angels in a better spot? Yeah, but I don't think it's a slam dunk yet that the Angels are playoff contenders or uh, division contenders yet because there's so many questions. He could win 15 games or he could um, start three games. There's just such a wide girth about what Syndergaard can bring to the Angels. And to me, for me, that's kind of scary. But it could be a good kind of scary. It could be something where... Uh, you know I, I'm not sure I'm not sure expectations might not be the highest but boom there it is um and, and it could be the the best signing the angels have made in you know in the last whatever 10 years. there's just so much in between of what's going on with Noah Syndergaard and his past and what he can be again if 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 and if he comes here for this one year you know I'm interested to see if you guys would be happy with a one year. Again, they make a solid run. Let's say they get to the ALCS, they don't make it because watching this World Series, watching this year's um, playoffs, kind of pan out. Anything can happen. The top teams in the league didn't make it to the play. Didn't make it to the World Series. So there's a lot of stuff that can happen. So would one one is that enough for you fans to be satisfied with Noah Syndergaard? One year of ALCS appearance. He's gone. Draft picks gone. You're left holding, you know, nothing for the most part. And again, after this season, you're going to have Shohei going into his very last year of arbitration and where traditionally that's when the Angels want to get a a a, a deal done. So you're going to have that whole do you pay him thirty million? Do you pay him forty million? Do you pay him fifty million a year? I think mean, that's going to be absolutely insane, and so um, that's going to put another kind of hindrance on payroll and everything like that. So this is going to be really interesting coming up. It's going to be really interesting how this um, signing goes. And again, is it is it upside? Absolutely. Is it something that where you roll the dice, you you scratch that scratcher, and boom comes up a hundred bucks? It can absolutely happen. It can happen. He can be a frontline starter for the Angels. That ceiling, you know, when you sign some of these other guys to one-year deals like uh, um, Cantana, you know, I know Harvey was for technically two years, but like uh, Harvey, Cantana, Cahill, um, the list goes on and on. When those guys got brought in for a year, was the upside front-end starter? carrier rotation through the playoffs. And I think, no, that was never their ceiling. Their ceiling was, Hey, just give us innings, do a respectable job, get us some numbers and there. But is this guy, if, if this guy hits, can he be that? So in synagogue, absolutely. And I think that's the biggest difference. Um, Give me the lotto ticket number because apparently you can see the future. Let's just hope everyone stays healthy and let's get go from there. No, and I'm absolutely right. I'm not saying that he's going to bust. I'm not saying that he's going to get hurt. All I'm saying is, hey, this is what's happened in the past. And if you want to draw a conclusion from what happened in the past to, you know, from, from one guy's point of view to another guy's point of view, that's fine. I'm not here to tell you that he's going to be a bust. I'm telling you that. Hey, he's had two really good years. He's had three injury-plagued years. Does that mean he's going to be injury-plagued? Does that mean he's going to be healthy all year? I don't know, but this is his past. Um, Yes, let's hope that everybody can stay healthy. Yes, let's hope that Trout plays a full year. Let's hope Otani plays a full year. Let's hope Rendon plays a full year. But let's be also realistic at the same time. Hopeful is great. This is a training staff that has been... I don't want to say famous, but has been known to, um, struggle keeping guys on the field. Does that change? Um, talking to someone, the angels are looking very much into, um, very much into changing their staff, whether that means people in the staff or how they do it. I'm not sure, but that could be something that you see down the line is they, that helps them. Um, if that helps them, you know, uh, down the line, then great. But I just don't know that. I just can go off of what, again, what syndic guards passes injury wise, what his ceiling has been and what his floor has been. And his ceiling is great, but his floor is also injury plagued. So take it for what it's worth. Again, I'm not here to, um, I'm not here to say that he's going to be a bust And this is a waste of a, a signing or a waste of a pick or a waste of whatever. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just also looking at it like, Hey, you know, this can go one of two ways. And, you know, for as high as the ceiling is, I feel like the floor is kind of the same thing. So we'll see how that goes. Um, some of the questions I'm, I'm looking on here, uh, we're a long ways from done. I see us spending a good amount more payroll, uh, payroll, this free agency. I'm not 100% sold on them paying a ton more just because of, um, okay, well, let's be honest. The, the CBA, and this is the kind of elephant in the room, December first, CBA is expiring. So pretty much from December first on, until there's a new deal, you won't see any movement. Part of that new deal is establishing what what the luxury tax is gonna be, what what the penalties for going over luxury tax is gonna be. So that also is all up in the air. So payroll, I think is gonna it's gonna really vary about or how much Artie's willing to pay for is gonna vary on that. So now do you have the twenty one million dollars for Syndergaard. You're going to have to pay Rossell Iglesias, who has declined the qualifying offer. Which, truthfully, from a player's point of view, I can totally understand why. Get that money, make that money. Um, so you're looking at somewhere around, um, you know, if this, if, if the qualifying offer is around 18 million, then I don't see how he doesn't get um, 17. Seventeen to eighteen million. I'm, you know, I, it. That's what really worries me is the fact that you're going to have that money to spend on him as well, too. Um, Yeah, talking to someone, he said. um, I asked him, and this is this is pretty much our text message. Like I asked him, how does that twenty-one million hurt their chances of getting another good pitcher? That's the thing, especially if they sign Iglesias for between fifteen and seventeen million that's going to affect the payroll. So right there, you're talking about almost $40 million on two guys and you still have, you know, the shortstop issue. Do you trust in-house guys? Are you going to try to sign another free agent on like, kind of like the bargain ban? Are you going to go after a big free agent? That's a really big thing that I don't know what they're going to do. I, you know, again, and again, I said this before, but you have the Otani contract looming over your head. How much money do you want to invest into the future? That's going to handicap you to give Otani a huge deal. What's more important, signing a big name, for, uh, shortstop now, or spending a huge amount of money unprecedented amount of money, uh, record breaking money to re-sign Otani. Which one is more important because a lot of people want to have their cake and eat it too. I don't think this is a situation where you can, and you can save me with the whole BS. Well, they're billionaires and they have so much money and all this crap. Well, guess what? Every fucking owner does. Every owner has a shit ton of money. So how much is too much? How much are you willing to spend? Cause there's probably gonna be another guy that has billions of dollars too, that's willing to spend it. Now you really have to ask yourself, how much am I willing to spend? And those guys don't get that rich. Don't get that much money by making dumb decisions with their money. So that is something that's going to be a huge factor leading up to it. Um, also important to know that we have a new training staff. Yeah, I just hope that we can pitch in the NOS. And that's the biggest thing, too. You just got to win some of the NOS games. It, 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 it definitely... Hurts to see that some of the teams in the playoffs this year, the Angels had a winning record against, except for like uh, the Astros where they were horrible against. But um, they win some more games in the NL West. They have a really good shot of comp- uh, competing next year for sure. And especially if people stay relatively health, relatively healthy. Um, so um, how much should we invest in Otani? That's the thing. How much should we invest in Otani? Should it be front loaded? Should it be back loaded? Should it be 10 years Eight years, twenty five. You know, whatever. Like, it, there's so many things that are a question mark about it. That it's just it's going to be unprecedented. This has never happened before. This type of player has never happened before. So the negotiations are going to be crazy. Um, not five hundred, a little for Otani, uh, but yeah, you're going to have a ton of money invested in Trout, Rendon, um, Otani. Um, you know, Upton comes off the books. But then, too, if you invest in a big-time pitcher right now, you're going to have four guys that are going to be heavily invested in this team going forward. And how do you build a, a competitor? And that's the thing, too, about baseball. You can't win this game with three, four guys. You 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 need a team. You need a team. And I think the, the Braves were a perfect example of it. Yes, they had Freddie Freeman. Um, they had... Um, some dudes, but they didn't have like a huge – like their top guy was out with injury with Acuna. Acuna. Um, Yes, Freeman's a boss. Freeman's great. But some of these lower level – these other guys are the ones stepped up in the World Series and, you know, the guy that won the the CS MVP and the guy that won the World Series MVP weren't even on the team before the season – or when the season started. So you definitely need a team. You can't invest all your chips into like four guys, and that's going to be the hard part coming up. We need these starting pitchers. We drafted to hit. Yes, I think that's the biggest thing, too. Perry has said some things about the starting pitchers, about their mentality and how you would like them to be more aggressive and stuff like that. Does a one-year Noah Syndergaard tutoring kind of thing help them? Do they bring back Alex Cobb with Noah Syndergaard to kind of help these young guys develop? And if they hit, then you're good. Then that's the thing. That's, that's value. That's huge value when you can get – Cheap pitching, and I said this before, when you get rookie-type pitchers or, or, you know, arbitration-type pitchers to pitch above what they're making, that's where you win games. That's where you um, win in the margins. That's what you need to do more so than just spend, spend, spend. You need to spend wisely. You need to spend on some risky guys, and hopefully they hit because you need guys to overperform their contracts. You know, is Noah Syndergaard going to perform $21 million worth? Probably not. Will he, will he perform at the value of a um, guy that is making 15 million or 18 million? Probably. But you, again, you have to kind of overpay for free agents, but very rarely do you get the type of value you get back. Um, and we'll see how that goes. And again, everyone wants to say if he's healthy, if he's healthy, yes, but that's a huge if, you know, if, 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 you know, I went to school in high school, I could have been in college, whatever. You know, there's a huge ifs considering what he's been doing. But the Angels need to develop pitching. I think that's the best route for the long term. Yes, we can kind of plug in the, the, the Syndicards every now and then or the Scherzers every now and then or the Robbie Rays every now and then. But to sustain, you know, your, your chances to – um be good for a long time you need to have young guys outperform their contracts and we'll have to see how that goes um we'll have to see how that goes going forward um yes none of the guys before have touched katana harvey cahill bundy all soft options absolutely absolutely and that's what i'm saying though their best was never going to be what noah Syndergaard's best is going to be bundy's best was really good do you think and again going back and it's gonna be interesting and granted, it was a it was a twenty game season, but can Cindergard duplicate what Bundy did um, his twenty twenty season, which everyone said that he was um, you know Cy Young worthy and was like kind of the ace of the team for that year. Um, you know a three three twenty nine ERA. Uh, You know, he pitched fairly well against shortened season. So we don't necessarily know how it would all played out, but he was on pace for some really good numbers if it did go that far. So, um, can Syndergaard be that good? Hopefully if he's that good where he has that kind of a pace that Bundy was on in 2020, I'll take that. But I just don't know if that's $21 million worth. That's kind of a a personal, you know, people out there could say, yes, that is $21 million worth. I don't know. Um, But what are the chances that Angel's going after Serger or Ray, maybe like someone like Strowman? Again, it's going to come down to the money. You still need to buy or you still need to to sign Iglesias. You still need to figure out your shortstop situation. You still need to figure out what your bullpen situation. Are you going to go cheap on the bullpen again? Because it hasn't worked. So are you willing to spend money on the bullpen, guys? Again, there's a lot of holes in here. So to think that the Angels can fix everything with three guys, I don't think is realistic. Um, it's great to think, and as fans, it's great to kind of get behind and be like, "Yes, we need to do this, and we need to get this guy and that guy." And just, but there's more than like three holes um, for the Angels to f- to fill. Obviously, Syndergaard filled one of those holes. You have to think now: shortstop, what's going to do there? Are You in house? Okay, cool, whatever. That's that's fine. Um, are you going to do? Are you going to spend more money in pitching in the bullpen, or are you going to try to go the cheap route like you've done in the past, or are you going to have to kind of step up to the plate? maybe again overspend for some for some bullpen arms um and then that takes again everything's working from everything's working from the same pot it just depends on how you want to divvy it up iglesias i think is a must so again iglesias and 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 syndergaard those two guys alone you're looking at close to 40 million dollars with those two guys um and and like i said it, you you need an eighth inning guy you need a seventh inning guy Um, Do you go cheap again? And like I said, go cheap. Okay, fine. But you really hope those guys hit. And I don't know if there is that diamond in the rough. Maybe there is. Maybe there isn't. I'm not a scout. But you're going to have to go kind of fairly cheap somewhere, whether it's that second arm, bullpen, shortstop, um, overall team depth. You cannot get it all. And 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 people are going to say, you know, just spend the money, just spend the money. Guess what? It's great to say, it's great to think that, you know, you can go out there and spend all the money you want, but guess what? You're not the owner. Guess what? We know enough about the owner to, um, really, uh, have an idea of how much he's going to spend. If people are going to sit here and say, um, if people are going to sit here and say, well, he's going to spend, he's going to spend. That's fine. I'll believe it when I see it kind of deal. But, um, I I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I don't, I don't see it. Uh, it has going to have to be something to where it's going to be a trade deadline thing where they are in contention, where they are look like a legit team. I don't see them going over that at the beginning of the year when there's so many questions out there, so many possibilities out there, good and bad for them. Um, convert one of the, those starters. You can probably convert one, maybe two. I wouldn't convert more than that. You do need pitching depth. How many times have you seen a major league staff, angels or not, just a major league staff go through the season with eight guys or nine guys making starts. You need depth there. You need, uh, you're going to lead need at least eight to 10, especially with a six man rotation. You're going to, you're definitely going to need, um, you know, nine guys to make starts this year. And do you want to just throw any guy out there or do you want to do it for a, um, you know, want to do one for these young guys and get experience. Um, Nola, trade Nolan. Uh, he's a free agent next year. For the outside, uh, the and this is something that has been coming up a lot as trade, 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 which I, it makes sense. I get it. But it's kind of going back to some of these trades that were kind of sought out last year for the same kind of help, pitching help. A lot of these guys wanted young um, upside pitching in return. Noah, yes, they do need out, um, outfield help, but I don't think it's going to be a solid one-for-one. One. You're going to send a um, Marsh or an Adams or someone like that plus a pitcher because I can't see a one-for-one one deal in that situation because, again, yes, outfield help is great, but the Braves, again, going back, the Braves proved you can get out, outfield help by trading for second tier guys and just using them right. You know what I mean? Outfield help isn't necessarily that hard to get and the Braves proved it. They got one of their main guys hurt, they they traded for three, you know, mid-level guys and they made it work. You just need the right guy to pull those strings. So outfield outfield help doesn't doesn't need, you know, doesn't mean that they're going to trade one for one. If they're going to get Aaron Nola, if they're going to give Aaron Nola, yeah, cool, we'll get a prospect. But we'll also want another young pitching prospect that's going to fill up uh, Nola's spot, you know, in two years. And do the Angels want to do that? Do they have enough depth to do that? Chris Rodriguez is out for the whole year, so he's off the table. You're going to trade Detmers, you're going to trade um, – You know, uh, 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 some of these other guys that made uh, appearances this year that might be um, starters down the line, I don't know. But when a team says, hey, we need outfield help, it's not hard to get outfield help. It's hard to get front-line pitchers. It's hard to get front-line guys that are going to dominate games when they're out there. That's way harder to get than outfield help. And, again, the Braves proved it. And they kind of put a blueprint out there how to do it. Now you just need the right manager and the right GM to pull those strings. Um, let's see. Uh, catching situation. I honestly think. Um, I, I honestly think Stassi will get signed. He's in arbitration, so he's a guy again that's going to probably um, cost a little bit more money. But you re-sign him. Um, all, all everything I'm hearing is that. Um, Theis is going to get a legit shot at that backup spot in spring training, but I do see them probably bringing in a veteran type, kind of like a Suzuki, not Suzuki, because I know a lot of people cringe when I hear when I say that name, but someone like him that can compete for that backup catching spot. And if Thais wins it out, then great, he wins it out, and then maybe you DFA the older guy and he can go somewhere else, or maybe he's happy being in the minor leagues. I don't know, but I do think you bring in another you know, backup type catcher to compete for that because you just don't want to give it to a guy. Um I, uh, uh, just the spot. Um let's see what else. Um what's the timeline on uh I think you're trying to say Detmers, but uh I would say again, I I was surprised it got brought up this year, but because of what they were doing and they were just trying to give guys an opportunity to see what they have, I understand it. But Again, if everything plays out well, if everything plays out like every angel fan wants it to play out, everyone stays relatively healthy, everyone uh contributes to the way they think they are, everyone is, you know, going, you know, uh, at a hundred percent. Detmers might see a spot start here and there, but I can't see him getting outside of you know, triple to sit in the bullpen or um, anything like that. But I do think we'll probably see Detmers here and there as far as as far as like a full time starter. You would hope next year, twenty twenty two, or even again, if someone does get hurt at the end of this year, hopefully he's have enough development by then to really, really compete for that and 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 kind of hold down that fifth to sixth spot in the rotation. But I, yeah, I do think he's maybe a couple years away from being like a frontline starter, like a lot of people hope he can be, which I think he can be, but I just don't think he's there yet. Um, any news on uh, Fowler? Is he going to get offered a contract? I really doubt it. I, I don't see um, him really getting offered a contract. Um, uh, Jeff Mathis, yeah. Do you think they do you think they will bring up Stefanik, or is it too early to fill in the middle? You know what? I, I'm really interested. Stefanik's a really good name. I'm really interested to see how spring training goes when you have Stefanik, Renhefo, and they got some other guy from the Yankees. I forgot his name. But they have these... You know, especially if they don't get in the free agent market, they have these like three or four guys that can compete for the shortstop spot or move Fletcher to short and put them at second. Either way works. But I'm really interested to see if they don't go with a big name at short, these three guys competing and seeing if Stefani can separate himself and kind of make it almost like you saw with Chris Rodriguez last spring training where... He did so good at spring training. He did. He was on so many people's radar during spring training. The Angels could not send him back down when the, when the when the season started, and I'm really interested to see a Stefanik when he gets that shot. If he's the same way where he does kills it, he does really good. That the Angels look at each other and say, you know what, we can't send him down. He's doing too well. So that's gonna be something that I'm really interested to see. Again, I don't think he's a given. I don't think. He's going to be opening day starter by any means, but I definitely think he do. He does at, compete and I do think he gets some legit time when it comes to spring training at bats when that comes around. Um, any rookies you think might be interesting to keep an eye on? I mean, technically, Brandon Marsh is still a rookie. So again, how does he do with his second season? Um, those pitchers, if we you know, um, Austin Warren, hopefully he can, can keep on going um, and build on what he did last year. Uh, you know, if any of those starting pitchers get into the rotation at all, have they learned? What do they learn? Can they stay, um, competitive? I'd be really, really interested to see. Um, I'll be out spring training this year, still thinking about it, still trying to work it out. That's the whole thing's up in the air with, um, the lockout and everything coming up again. I, I'm not going to sit here and say like, this is what I think they're going to do, or this is what I, um, I think they're going to go this way or that way. Cause I don't know. Um, Obviously, they're going to want pitching. Obviously, I, I think they are um, going to be looking hard in that department. But, you know, if they do get another front line starter, then they're going to have to go cheap everywhere else. It's just how it works. Uh, don't the Angels get a draft pick for Thor if Thor leaves in 13? Yes, I think they can probably do that. Again, too. as of right now, yes. But can the qualifying offer and the whole the way that whole thing works, can that whole thing change with the new CBA? Yes. So as of right now, technically, if they offer him a qualifying offer at the end of next year and he decides to go somewhere else, yes, they'll get a pick back. But again, CBA expiring December 1st, there's going to be, there can be new rules. There can be old rules. They can get rid of, you know, the whole idea of having a guy under control for six years. Maybe it goes, you know, some talks were saying maybe it goes by age. Maybe you have a guy under control until he's 28. And then regardless if he's played one year or six years, he's a free agent. There's that those, those kind of talks going on. So, again, that's a huge, huge elephant in the room. Some of these rules that, as fans, we are thinking are going to apply to roster moves, trades, qualifying offers, draft picks, all that stuff, they can be all shuffled up or they can all stay the same. It, it's, it's really hard to tell right now about... What's going to change and what's not going to change. Rules can change. Um, you know, uh, the NL can get the DH. Um, And now that changes the market for some of these guys that are kind of like DH borderline types. Now there's more competition for them. Now there's more chances for them to sign. Otherwise they get more expensive. Maybe they rise, they raise the minimum and now you're paying guys more. You know, there's so many things that can happen with this that it's really hard to predict how much they're going to spend, where they're going to spend it. And, um, uh, and just all that stuff. It's going to, it's really, really hard. What happens with Matt Dice now that he's doing, and now he's doing, I see so much, uh, potential and this guy reminds me of Exon again. Thice I think is going to get a chance to, um, uh, a chance to uh, catch. I think he's going to be a backup catcher next year. Or compete for that. I don't see him playing third. I don't see him playing second or uh, first. I honestly think, hey, they spent all last year converting him back into a catcher. Now let's see if he can do it. And if not, then you know I don't you know I don't know if that's the end of the road for him. Probably not, but he's definitely going to compete for that backup catching spot when spring training happens. You can't get tagged with a qualifying, a qualifying twice. Again, I think, I think you're right. I'm just not sure if that's, if from two different teams, if it matters, if it's from two different teams or not, but again, who knows? Maybe they get rid of the qualifying offer altogether um, with the new CBA that's coming up. So who, who, who knows who, who, uh, four for 50, um, yeah, I can see four for 50 for Iglesias, three for 66 for Stroman, Yeah, But again, you can do that, but now you still have to fill in your bullpen. You still got to fill in that shortstop spot. You're probably going to have to get a fourth outfielder. There's still other stuff to, uh, to fill in there. We have a brand new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade stock teams like Stocks and earn money every time they win. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts every time your team wins. Join the over 7,000 early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Just visit www.symbolsimbull.com to create a free account. And when you put deposit, make sure you use promo code SD. Again, that's promo code SD to make your deposit risk-free. Again, visit symbol.com, use promo code SD, and your deposit will be risk free. That means even if you lose money, symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Join symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams now. So, again, I, I talked about it a little bit before, but I'm gonna talk about it a little bit more now about the CBA, December 1st. Uh, coming up really quickly as we record this, it is Wednesday, November 17th. So you're talking about in little more than two weeks or just around two weeks, you are going to have, that's it, it's over. We're going to not see any movements um, signing-wise or trade-wise for until they come up with a new deal. And for me, I'm really, it sucks that they are not able to make an agreement coming Sooner, but it makes sense in the fact that right now no one's losing money. Owners aren't losing money, players aren't losing money because they don't get paid during the off season. And for fans, that's a scary proposition. That kind of means there's no incentive for anyone to get anything done until later, um, or until like February. So timelines are going to shift. Free agencies are going to shift. Um, you might see, you might not see any kind of big signings until this whole situation is settled. Um, talking to someone today, I kind of asked him what he thought the, the the timeline was going to be, and again, he wasn't sure either. There's so much talk going on, but he was at the GM meetings, and from people he talked to, both on you know player side and and, and on the ownership side, you know, it looks like February first is or not February first, but. The beginning of February is there's a good chance that's when you'll start seeing stuff getting done. But as fans, that sucks (laughs) because there's gonna be a you know two months, two and a half months of nothing, and you're gonna be stuck with no news, no trade news, or nothing. And that also is going to affect spring training. Depending how far into February it takes for them to get a deal, there might shorten spring training. So I saw again, I'm on Instagram live. I saw a couple of guys talking here about going to spring training. How does that change? If the first week, the two weeks of spring training gets canceled, what happens if they have to give the guys enough time to report, get it into shape and then play games. And you know, obviously spring training, you have that week or so before games get started where guys just report and, and, and do the drills and do that stuff. There still needs to be that time period. So, that's going to be a big factor in how this offseason works. You're, you know, you get a deal done, let's just say the first week of February, you still have to let free agency play out. So there's two weeks in February that you're probably going to let the free agency thing run its course, and that's going to be fun, especially if there's not a lot of signings between now and December 1st and all those guys are waiting for February to get done. That's going to be fun as, as a fan to see where guys go here and there. But it also means there's a very good chance that, that spring training is going to be shortened by quite a bit. And for some fans and maybe fans that don't go out there, that, that's not going to matter. You know, let's hurry up and get to the season for a lot of fans. And I'm kind of with you on that. I think spring training is already kind of too long as it is. I think most professional guys can get themselves ready. Maybe not pitchers, pitchers maybe need a little bit longer, but position players, I truly believe they can get themselves ready in two weeks, two and a half weeks. Um, but that's a big thing um what are they going to be the new rules is there going to be a dh in the nl is the um runner on second base going to come back for extra innings um is there going to be a pitch clock is there going to be automated strike zones there's so many things that can change between now and whenever they they determine the sign to, to sign the cba a new cba it's going to be really really interesting to see and some of these rules too might affect who they can sign or, or where the taxes and maybe the tax will be more Punitive. Maybe the tax. Maybe some of these owners that are underneath the tax are tired of the Dodgers and the Yankees and the and and the, and the Red Sox and uh, whoever. Maybe they're tired of these guys overspending over the tax and just throwing money away. Maybe they want to um, make a, a harsher penalty for guys for teams that go over that tax. I don't know, but we'll definitely have to see how that plays out going forward and that's just going to be a whole nother issue a whole nother podcast and this is probably not going to happen again until the beginning of february but we'll see how it plays out we have until december 1st to see how some of these guys where these guys end up you know i'll be really interesting to see if if someone signs a deal longer than like three years i doubt it happens on this side of december I, truth, I I, I have a feeling. Again, I don't know. I don't know any information. I truthfully, truthfully think it's going to be on the other side of the CBA agreement in February. So that might be Iglesias. We might not know about Iglesias until like February. Can you imagine not knowing about where Rossell Iglesias is going to pitch until February thirteenth or eleventh or whatever? Because you just don't know when they will come to an agreement. Because none of this stuff can happen. None of these sides. Signings can happen. None of these trades can happen after December 1st as it stands right now when the CBA expires. And that's that sucks. That sucks as fans. That sucks as, um, you know, again, fans that want to see their team get better. Just like myself, and I kind of mentioned this at the very beginning, I have a real love-hate relationship with this time of year. I love seeing guys, angels or not, I love seeing guys sign with other teams or, or going back to their teams, but just seeing how teams – are, are, are shaping out the trades and like, oh, this team's going to be look good now all of a sudden. This team's going to look terrible next year because of this and that. Or, or I like seeing that. That's the love part of this time of year. The hate part this time of year is all the talk you see on social media about Team X, Team Y, and Team Z are all interested in these guys. Well, yes, of course. Like the Angels. Of course they would be interested in every single free agent pitcher out there. Or they've shown interest. Shown interest just means, hey, can we schedule a meeting? It doesn't mean like, hey, we are seriously about you. It could be something as simple as like, hey, what are you looking for? No? Okay, cool, we're moving on. But they still showed interest. So I hate that part because, yes, the Angels are going to show interest in everybody and anybody. And it's against, it's against their, the current CBA for a team to single out a single player and say we are not interested in him which in turn lower his value because now the team that might be interested in that player knows that, hey, maybe he doesn't have as many suitors as we think and we can lowball him and get him cheaper. So any team can't go out publicly and say, no, we're not interested in Marcus Stroman or no, we're not interested in Gossman. They can't say that. So of course they're going to be like, we're going to, we're going to look at all the options and talk to everyone we can and this and that and more people, or we're more interested in others than some like they can say that. And that's just a bunch of no answer BS. And that happens all the time. So that kind of aspect of it, I don't care about it's boring. It's nothing to get excited about. Like, let me see when guys sign, let me see when guys get traded. And again, unfortunately that's not going to happen until what looks like, um, February. So hopefully, Angels get another signing before December 1st? Because if not, it's going to be a long, cold winter with no baseball, no baseball news. You know, if you want a baseball fix, you're going to have to flip on Bull Durham or or, or turn on, uh, you know, Sandlot or stream League of Their Own or something like that. That's the, that's the only way it looks like you're going to be able to get a baseball fix after December 1st, which sucks, which for fans sucks. Um, and they want to talk about growing the game and they want to talk about making it better um a work stoppage isn't a way to do it isn't a way for the grow the game you grow the game by the product on the field and even so much as broadcasters and stuff like that yeah that can grow the game so much but at the end of the day you know this podcast other podcasts um our YouTube page, other YouTube page, yes, they can help grow the game. But what helps grow the game the most is the product on the field. Players being moved, players being traded, players being signed, being in the, being in the overall um, news, that helps grow the game. Good games, competitive games, competitive teams, that helps grow the game. And hopefully with whatever they do with this CBA, they can fix that. Because that's going to be a big, big issue. If they're if they're serious about growing the game, that's how you do it. You do it with competitive, um, competitive teams and competitive series with competitive stakes. And you know, as a as a baseball fan, I'll be there. If they sign the CBA February first or uh, April first, I'll be there whenever they play the games. But if you're looking for a casual fan to come over, that's that's the number one way to lose them, and it sucks. But that's the way it works. So that's going to wrap it up with this edition of the All Angels Podcast. Again, Angels make some big big news um, signing Noah Syndergaard. And kind of, again, um, if you're just joining us on Instagram Live, this podcast will be, on tomorrow, or be out tomorrow morning. But if you want to get my full details of what I think about it, go there. But the abbreviated part is High Risk, High Reward, and we're just gonna have to see how it plays out, but uh, definitely excited to see the Angels make a move. Definitely excited to see uh, what holds, what can be for the Angels going into next year. With uh, you know, fingers crossed, healthy Otani, healthy Syndergaard. And by the way, while you're listening to this, if you're listening to this Thursday night, there's a very good chance Otani. I'm not even gonna say a very good chance. It's guaranteed Otani will win the MVP and he'll be crowned the MVP of the AL. Um, fingers crossed is unanimous. I think it should be unanimous. Um, he's deserved it, but again, you're listening to this Thursday. So if you listen to Thursday morning, tonight is what they'll 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 unveil Otani as the uh, league MVP and and rightfully so. And if he can stay healthy, Chow can stay healthy, Rendon can stay healthy, uh, Syndergaard stay healthy. This is going to be a very good team. But that's just a lot of ifs, so we'll have to see how it goes. But, again, if you want to reach out to us, you can do it either on our social media, Halo underscore Haven, on both Twitter and on Instagram. I'm not posting nearly as much as I have been, but I am kind of still keeping tabs of both. Or you can email us at podcast at gmail.com. Um, don't know when the next podcast is going to be. And, again, it's kind of playing it by ear. If news comes out, guess what? If December 1st comes out and there's no news for a while, there's probably not going to hear from us for a while. But – Always love going back and forth with you guys on social media, um, through emails or anything like that. So you always can reach us there. Um, happy Thanksgiving. I know I probably won't be on before that. Uh, happy Thanksgiving for everyone out there. Be safe. Enjoy the family. And if I don't hear from you or see from you before Christmas, have a great holidays. Again, um, safe travels for all you guys out there that are traveling from one part of the States to the other, or even down the street to see family. Uh, safe travels. Enjoy it. Family's too damn important to not enjoyed the time um, that's coming up, and um, unfortunately losing people that we've lost this year, it hits a little bit harder at home. Enjoy the people you are around. Use this use this opportunity to, um, you know, get closer. That is that's what this is for. So happy holidays, happy Thanksgiving. Um, again, really looking forward to this upcoming season. Hopefully, it gets there sooner than later. Um, so I am Daniel Garcia. This has been another edition of the All Angels Podcast.
0: Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. dot edu slash podcast.